from the book of Proverbs chapter 3. And I'd like to begin reading verse number 1. Bear with me, if you will, and uh, just uh, as we read some of these verses. Look at verse 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck and write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. My son, despise not, the, uh, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things that thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all of her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is every one that retaineth her. So I'm going to ask you now to leave your Bibles open. I want to go back in a moment. I just want to preach from these verses this morning, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what my title is in a moment. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the, the day, the Lord's day. Thank you for people who have assembled together on the last Sunday of this year in the house of God. Many of them have been here every Sunday this year. And some maybe have missed a Sunday or two because of sickness. But thank you for people that love church, that love the Lord, and love their church. And I pray you'd bless us as we look at this text together today. And may you speak to our hearts and help us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If I were to mention a university this morning... Uh, the university's name is Carnegie Mellon University. Most of you, if you were honest, would probably say, I've never heard of that college. If I were to mention a person named Randy Posh, most of you would have probably never even heard of him either. But let me tell you a little bit about his story. His name is Randy Posh. He was married. He was a father of three children. And he was a professor, a professor of, of computer science at Carnegie Mellon University. It's located in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And he served as their computer science professor for nine years. Basically, though, he is famous for only one thing, and that is he is famous because he was chosen on an occasion to give what is known as the last lecture of Carnegie Mellon University in 2007. 
Each year, as I understand it, a professor is chosen as an annual tradition to give what they call the last lecture at this university. And the whole purpose behind this last lecture is this. What would you say if you knew it was going to be the last time you would ever be able to lecture your children or your students? What would you say? And so Randy Pouch was chosen in 2007 to give the last lecture. What he would say if he knew it was the last time he would ever get a chance to lecture his students. But what many didn't know that day was the fact that that was going to be Randy Pouch's last lecture. He had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and been given only three months to live. And as he lectured those students, the student body of that college, he, he knew that that would be the last time he would ever get to address them. He entitled his lecture, Achieving My Childhood Dreams. And ladies and gentlemen, it went viral. In fact, it is still on YouTube today. There were over, there were over 21 million views of that last lecture. In fact, it was 75 minutes long. That's what makes it so unusual that 21 people will have viewed that. But in that lecture, he joked a little bit. He told some stories. He gave some facts and he challenged the students uh, during that lecture, the last lecture. But what, it made, what made the lecture so unusual is how he chose to end that lecture. When he came 75 minutes into that lecture and he came to the very end of it, he looked at the student body, the faculty and the staff of that university and he looked at them and he said this, this lecture was not for you. This lecture was for my children. And he abruptly walked off the stage. When I read that story, by the way, he was interviewed on ABC and NBC and all the major networks about that last lecture. I got to thinking about this. What would I say if I knew this was my last message? If this would be the last time that I would ever get to preach, what would I say? Now, let me stop and say this. I have not been given a death diagnosis from a doctor. As far as I know, I'm healthy as a horse this morning. So I don't want you to think, man, and let me say this, if I die this week, I'm going to be just as surprised as you are. <laughs> so I haven't, I, I, I haven't been given a premonition by the Lord that this is the last time I'll ever get to preach. I feel fine as far as I know. I'm getting over maybe a little bit of sickness that I had recently, but as far as I know, I'm in good health. But you know, one of these days, it will be the last time that I'll ever get to preach. There'll be a time somewhere in a pulpit in some place, maybe in a rest home, wherever, but I will give, I will preach my last message. That time may be sooner than I'd like to think that it is. As far as I know, I'd like to think that I could live to be 85 or 90 years old. Another 25 years in front of, maybe 30, uh, if the Lord be willing. I'd like to think that, but the truth of the matter is, I don't know. We're not promised tomorrow. This may be it. This may be the last message that I'll ever preach. I can't say that for sure, but I can say this for sure. It'll be the last message that I preach this year, unless I get wound up a little bit tonight. So what would I say if this is my last message? Well, I want to say this. This message this morning is not for you. This message is for my children. 
I'm going to invite you, if you will, to listen in this morning. But I'm going to preach this last message of this year to my children. I love my children. I have three children. And I don't think maybe one of them is here because of a sick child this morning. But I love my children with all my heart. I would gladly step out in front of a speeding locomotive for any of my children and my wife. I'd gladly take a bullet for my children and my wife and my grandchildren. I love my family dearly. But I got a message for them this morning, a message from this text right here today. In case this is the last time that they ever get to hear me preach, there's some things I want to say to my family this morning. If you want to sit this one out, you're welcome to sit it out. You don't even have to listen if you don't want to. Pull your phone out. Some of you already got it out anyway. And play some Candy Crush. You're already playing anyway. Maybe text somebody across the aisle and strike up a conversation. You don't even have to listen this morning. But I'm preaching to my children. I don't want you to, I don't want there to be any misunderstanding this morning. I have nobody else in this room in mind other than my family. And there's some things I want to say to them this morning. Some things I want to challenge them to do in case... This is the last time I ever get to preach. Would you listen in this morning? There may be some things along the way that maybe you would say, I'd like that to be true about me. Maybe there's some things this morning as you listen, maybe you'd say, you know, that's maybe some of the things I'd like to say to my family if I could just address them one final time before I have to go. So there are five things in this text that I'd like to say to my family this morning. I want you to join me, if you will, in Proverbs chapter number three. And uh, just, just bear with me for just a moment. But I want to say five things. First of all, I'd like to say to my children this morning, number one, to be sure to study, to search God's word. Maybe I could say it like this, to stand upon God's word. Now, if you look in chapter three and verse number one, children, you'll notice that Solomon is talking to his son his children. And he says it like this, my son. In fact, he dropped on down in verse 11. And again, he says, my son. So what we have here is a parent who is addressing his son or his children. Now we know that Solomon was married, good gracious, had 700 wives and 300 porcupines or concubines. So there's no telling how many children that Solomon had. But it seems to be that he is addressing a specific child in this text, his son. Maybe it's Rehoboam, the one that will sit on the throne after Solomon is gone, after he's died. Maybe this is the last lecture. Maybe he's thinking along those lines. This is the last time I maybe get to speak to my children. So I want to leave with them some things. I want to share with them some things. And he begins by just saying, number one, in verse number one, hey, please be sure as my child, I want you to be sure to stay in the word of God. Look in verse number one. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long lives and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them upon thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. So he begins by challenging his children to stay in the word of God. Or I'm using it like this, to search 
church, God's word. Oh, I want to say to my children this morning, and I'd like to say to my wife, if something happens to me and I, they're, they're, my children, I'm the only pastor they've ever known. Well, the exception of maybe that year that they spent with Brother Gross when I was the assistant pastor, I'm the only pastor that they've ever known. They've never had to sit and listen to another pastor preach in all the years of their life. I'm my wife's pastor, except for those few years that we spent at Little Mountain Baptist Church and Bill Watson was our pastor. I'm the only pastor that my wife has ever known for the majority of her life. But if I could say to them as her husband and as my children's dad, if I could just say one thing, if I got to go, I want to encourage you, stay in the Word of God. Stand on the Word of God. Search the Word of God. Study the Word of God. Apply the Word of God to your heart and to your life. I'm telling you, this book right here will change your life. And he says this, if you look there at verse number two, he starts talking about some of the benefits that come along with the Word of God. Look at verse two. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Solomon said, son, listen to me, what I'm telling you now. Listen to the Word of God. Listen to the commandments. These things will add uh, longevity to your life. They'll give you a long life. They'll give you peace and they'll add life to your life. Stay in the Bible. I just want to say to my children today, if I got to go, if this is it, ladies and gentlemen, I say to them, I say to you, hey, stay in the Bible. Search the Word of God. There's some benefits that come to life as we stay in the Bible. You know something Solomon talked about there in verse number two about adding long life and length of days. And what about this? And peace if you'll obey the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, if we obey the word of God, the word of God, a person who obeys the word of God has certain tendencies to add longevity to their life. What I mean by that is this, if we'll listen to the Bible, if I'll listen to God's word, I won't ever get caught in a shootout from a convenience store that I've robbed. Can I have an amen? You know why? Because God's word said don't steal. And if I listen to that, I don't know how I'm going to die, but I won't have to die by being shot and trying to rob a convenience store if I listen to the Word of God. Can I have an amen? Watch this. I won't have to die from liver problems because I've drunk myself to death with alcohol. You know why? I'm going to listen to the Word of God. God's Word cautions me and warns me about stuff like that. And I won't have to die a horrible death like that if I'll just listen. It'll add, it'll add long life to me. Me. It'll add some uh, long life. And by the way, I like that in verse number two where it said this, what life I have will be filled with peace. I don't know about you, but I don't like drama. I don't like trouble. I like to steer clear of stuff like that. I don't like arguing. I don't like confrontation. Can I say that I like peace in my life? Say you're a drama for your llama. Come on. Hey, save your drama for your mama. Hey, I don't like stuff like that. And if I'll just live by the dictates of the word of God, the Bible said I can have peace in my life. Great peace have they that love thy law, and in nothing shall they be offended. I'm telling you, if we'll listen and stay in the Bible, there's certain benefits that come along with that. 
<coughs> look down at verse 4. There's some blessings that come along with that. Look at verse number 4. So, sh so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. If we'll live our lives, children, if you'll live your life according to God's word, not how you want to live your life, not what you want to do, but if you'll live your life according to the word of God, there are blessings and benefits that come by obeying the word of God. You know what I'd say to my kids? I'd say, number one, search God's word. I'd say stay in God's word. I'd say study God's word. I'd say live by the word of God. That way when you get old, you don't have to sit on the front porch of your house and your life be tainted by the dark, ominous clouds of what might have been and fill with regrets if you'll just live your life according to the Word of God. I'd say number one, search God's Word. Can I have it? Amen. Here's the second thing I'd say to my children. Search God's Word, but number two, I'd say this, seek God's will. Seek God's will. Now it starts with the word. You'll never find the will of God without the word of God. Can I have an amen? I mean, listen, ladies and gentlemen, not God will never direct you into the will of God if you're not in the word of God. And it's only as we stay in the word of God that we can find the will of God for our lives. Then we come to verse number five and we read words like this. Now, verse five, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall, notice, he shall direct thy paths. Hey, can I say number one, search God's word. Number two, can I say seek God's will. I'm telling you, you talk about a good life. Notice he said there in verse number five, trust in the Lord with all thine. This half-hearted stuff ain't cutting it, folks. Can I say that? Half-hearted religion, half-hearted love for God is not going to get me or you anywhere with God. This cold, hot, up, down, in, out, on, off stuff that's so prevalent in our day. That's what's wrong with our churches. We aren't sold out anymore. We're trying to serve God with half of our heart when God said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Not just half your heart, but all thine heart. I'd say to my kids, give God all your heart. I mean, don't try to serve God with just half your heart. Don't try to serve the world with one half of your heart and serve God with the other half of your heart. Sell out to God. Bid goodbye to the world. Bid adieu to what you want to do and, and give yourself totally and wholly unto the Lord. Notice this, devoted to the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Devoted to the Lord. Dependent upon the Lord. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Notice this, directed by the Lord. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Watch this. Fear the Lord and bless your heart. Stay away from some stuff. Depart from... Is this not good counsel for children? My, I see why he's talking to his son now. He said, don't you lean to your own understanding. There's going to be a lot that's going to happen to you in this walk of life. There's not going to be an explanation for it. You might as well not try to understand it yourself. Just trust God with all of your heart. Lean upon him. Trust the Lord. Be dependent upon him and he will direct your path. As you get into the word, you'll find the will of God. 
You know, it kind of leads me a little bit down the lines to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You know, a lot of us know Jesus as our Savior, but how many of us know him as our Lord? Can I stop and say, when, when you get saved, you, you just don't choose the Lord as your Savior and, not, and, and say, but I don't want none of that Lordship. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, if he's going to be your Savior, he's going to be your Lord. You can't, look, you can't just have him as a Savior. Listen, this ain't a buffet line when you get saved. You go down there, I'll take a little bit of this forgiveness. I'll take a little bit of this joy. I'll take a little bit of this peace. But that stuff of service and lordship and obedience, I don't want anything to do with all that. You know, that's what's wrong with Christianity our day. We want to pick and choose what we want from God and leave the rest of that stuff alone. And friend, I'm telling you, that just don't cut it no more. Can I have an Amen. We got to trust God. He is our Lord and Savior. What's that verse say? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe on the Lord Jesus and thou shalt be. I'm telling you, he's Lord, friend. He is Lord. He has every right to make demands of your life and demands of my life. And he has every right to expect complete compliance and obedience on behalf of his children. Every bit of that. Yes, sir. We ought to stay in God's word, search God's word, and we ought to seek God's will. I'm telling you, seek the will of God for your life. Listen, you say, well, preacher, if I get in God's will, God's going to send me to, uh, he's going to send me to Alaska, and, and I'm going to have to sell ice cubes to Eskimos to raise money for missions if I try to seek the will of God. Friend, God don't call everybody to Alaska. God don't call everybody to some foreign field. Hey, God may want you to serve God while you drive a UPS truck and just be faithful and serve God or while you work for the city of Winston-Salem or while you dig ditches for uh, uh, those people who are trying to find those underground cables or, or while you work in your office. Hey, God's got a plan and a will for your life and you ought to just try to find God's will. You'll never be happy outside the will of God. I would say, number one, search God's word. I would say, number two, seek God's will. Trust in the Lord. I'll say this, number three, and you're probably going to say, uh-oh. But look at verse 9 and verse 10. And I would say to my children, share God's wealth. Share God's wealth. Look at verse number. Well, can I read verse, nine, verse 7? Be not wise in thine own eyes. Can I stop and say, we ain't as smart as we think we are. We're not as mighty as we, we're not self-made men. We're not self-made people. If we're anything, it's because God's been good to us. And God's had mercy. And God's been long-suffering and kind to us. Listen, you didn't make it by your... Wherever you're at today, whatever bank account you can boast of, whatever car you can boast about, whatever place you live in today, listen, you didn't get that on your own. There was a God in heaven that blessed you and helped you to get to the place that you are today. Hey, the Bible said there in verse 7, Be not wise in thine own eyes. You're not somebody. You may tell you what we are without God. We're a zero with the rim knocked off of it. We're nothing without God. We ought to fear the Lord and depart from evil, the Bible said, and to be not wise in thine own eyes. Notice verse 8, it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. And then he comes to verse 9. He starts talking about wealth. Look what he said in verse 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance 
and with the first fruits of thine end, all thine end, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. You know what I'd say to my kids? Whatever God gives you, give, give God back his part of it. You know, I know we're, we're finishing up 2023. That first point about, you know, searching God's word. Can I ask you something? You read through your Bible this year. You read through the Word of God this year. I mean, is it just something that you just pick? And thank you for bringing your Bible to church. Be sure to do that so you can check behind the preacher and be sure he's not preaching out of the Sears and Roebuck. You ought to bring your Bible to church. But is that, is that, is that the extent of your relationship to your Bible? Is that it? It's just something you pick up on Sunday morning when you head out the door. And when you get home Sunday afternoon, you put it back up on the shelf and don't touch it again till next Sunday. Let me ask you something. Did you read through your Bible this year? Let me ask you this. What about your giving this year? What about your tithing this year? Have you been sporadic off and on, up and down? Or maybe, maybe it's just been one of those years you just set it out. And you ain't give God anything this year. Would you notice in verse number, I'm not preaching this for me. Look at me. I get paid the same amount every week, whether you give or don't give until we run out of money. I'm going to get paid the same thing. So if you think I'm bucking for a raise, I'm not bucking for a raise whatsoever. Deacons just give me a good raise. I appreciate that. Church has taken good care of me for all these years. God's been good to me. But I'm trying, for your benefit, look at verse number nine. Honor the Lord with thy substance. And with the first fruits of all thine, and so shall thy barns. I don't know, I don't know all that is implied there in verse number 10. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out. I, I'm not sure what all that means, but I like the sound of that pretty good. I mean, I'd like for my barns to be filled with plenty, and I don't even have a barn. And I don't know about that presses and all that other stuff, but I know one thing. It sounds like God's going to bless me if I honor the Lord with my substance. Notice that. He ought to have preeminence in our living. Honor the Lord. Preeminence in our living. Honor Him. Above anything else we ever do in this walk of life, we ought to honor Him, esteem Him, fear Him, worship Him, adore Him, reverence Him. I'm telling you, we ought to honor. That's preeminence in our living. And then what about this? Priority in our giving. Notice what he said. Honor the Lord with thy son with the first fruits of all thine increase. I'm telling you, when, when you get your check, the first thing you all do is right off the top of it is give God his part of it. When we honor God like that, when we give to the Lord what he, what the first fruits of our increase that God has given us and we give that back to the Lord, I'm telling you, God said, I'm promising you, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to fill your barns up and cause your, bur your presses to burst out with new wine. Again, I don't know what all that implies. I just know it's something like I want. Honor. He say, preacher, how do you get that? Listen, can I tell you something? I've been a Baptist preacher. Well, I, I used to be a meat cutter before I started uh, pastoring a church full time. When I was 24 years old, I started pastoring my church. So you do the math. I'm 61. So uh, what is that? 37 years now. I guess I've been a pastor of the church. And listen, pastoring Baptist churches, I, you're not going to get rich a pastor in a Baptist church. But can I tell you something? Everything that I've got, God has given that to me. 
every bit of that. I got a little old white Jeep sitting out there. I got a red at home. I got a truck my daddy had and Gertrude sitting down here at the church house. And can I tell you something? Every bit of that, God gave that to me. Every bit of that. The house that I live in, God has given the clothes that I wear. God has given that to me. And the only way I can take, the only explanation I can give you today and tell you that I've got what I've got is because years ago I made up my mind. I was going to tie to the Lord. Listen, God and you can do more with your 90% than you can do by yourself with your whole 100%. I wish young people would get a hold. I wish my children would get a hold of that. I wish young people as a whole, you young married couples, get a hold of that. Hey, get you a tithing number and start tithing to the house of God and start giving God, honoring the Lord with the, uh, the first fruits and the substance of your increase. You give God what is rightfully God. You watch God turn around. It may not, it may not figure it out on paper. You may not, it may not all add up in a, in a number of columns there, but bless your heart, somehow or another, every month, God will take care of you if you honor him. I'm proof positive of that. Can I have an Amen. Has God taken care of you? Has God took care of you? Brother Mark, God took care of Ms. Dar I'm telling God's took care of every one of us in this room. If we tithe, we give God what is rightfully his, somehow or another the money will trickle in to pay the bills. I cannot explain it, but I can testify to it. Can I have an amen? God did that for us. I remember years ago we were and I was pastoring down, and one of the reasons that I believe the Lord has blessed us in the latter years is because we were faithful in the early years. And I was pastoring down there at the Walters Grove, and I was making about $160 a week with three children, and it was rough. It was hard. I mean, it was some lean times. I'd taken some side jobs. My wife was working. We were trying to, to take care of all that. And I remember vividly on one occasion when we literally, I mean, we were down to nothing. I mean, we were down to absolutely nothing. And I had taken $20 out of my check that week and put it on top of the refrigerator. And that was going to be my tithe for that week. We come up toward the end of the week and two of our children maybe Holly wasn't born yet, but two of the children, they were in diapers at the same time and they were drinking this infamil or Similac, whatever it was, and you fed them back in. And, uh, and, and we, were, we, were, we were down to nothing. And I had that $20 bill laying on top of that refrigerator there. And uh, when we come toward the end of the week, my wife said, what are we going to do? We're out of diapers. We're out of Similac or whatever it was. She said, what are we going to do? And I'm going to tell you something, I come that close. I come that close to grabbing that $20 off top of that refrigerator and going to food line and buying diapers and whatever we needed. And I went in, and I'm not the most spiritual rock in the bunch, but I went in there and I got down beside the commode in the bathroom. And I said, God, you promised me in the word of God that if I would honor you with my tithe, that you would take care of us. So Lord, I'm just going to trust you and I'm going to go ahead and isn't it a sight for me to be telling God this? I'm going to go ahead and give you this $20. But God, I, I need help. And so I took that $20. I, you know what I thought? I'll give that $20. Somebody's going to come up to me after church Sunday morning and hand me a $100 bill. That's what I was thinking. I'm going to give God that $20, and God's going to give me back $100. I went to church that Sunday morning. Didn't even nobody hardly even shake my hand after church that morning. It was, it was, it, I didn't get anything. 
I put that $20 in the offering plate. I thought, well, tonight we'll go to church tonight. And somebody will give me some money because I'm going to be faithful and honor God with this tithe. And so I went to church that Sunday night. I thought somebody would come up and hand me a piece of money, whatever. Guess what? I didn't get a thing that night. Now I went home that night and you talk about doubting. I thought, oh my, what am I going to do? I guess I'll go out and pick up pop bottles. I'll go mow somebody's yard. I used to mow some yards, whatever. I'll go do something tomorrow to, take, to try to get some money to get some diapers and Similac for my children to drink. And uh, I gave God, but evidently the Lord didn't, he, he didn't, didn't give me back what I thought I ought to get today. And went home that night. I mean, we had very little to eat, scrounged together. We went to bed early. I never will forget. We were depressed. Went to bed early, probably 9 o'clock at night. We lived in the middle of a trailer park. And they had Klan rallies and everything else in that trailer park. It was awful. We lived in the middle of that trailer park. And we went to bed at 9 o'clock that night. My wife said, what are we going to do? And I said, I have no idea. I'll try to figure it out. You know, when I get depressed, I want to sleep. So I just went, went, we went to bed early that night, probably about, I don't know, maybe 10 o'clock at night, the doorbell rang. I'm just telling you what happened to me. The doorbell rang at night and some people were standing there and said, uh, uh, we don't know what's going on or nothing, but said, we're sitting in church tonight and God told us to bring y'all some groceries down here. And can I tell you something, they just didn't bring out a bag or two. I'm telling you, they brought in, I bet you 10, my wife can testify this. I bet they brought, I'm talking about Cheetos. I'm blessed God talking about beef bologna, not that turkey stuff. Bread, peanut butter, diapers, infamil. Hey, we said we're sitting up in church tonight. God just spoke to our heart and told us to bring y'all some groceries down here. And in the, and I thought, man, I paid $20. I couldn't have bought this for $200 at the grocery store. You know what happened? God honored his word. I'd say to my children, you want God to bless you financially? Don't Hey, you can invest in anything and everything you want to invest, but the best investment I know is down there at the Baptist church. You pay your tithe, God's going to meet your needs. Edward Jones ain't going to meet my needs. The New York Stock Exchange is not going to meet my needs. Hey, hey, E.F. Hutton's not going. But I tell you, bless your heart, you bring it down here and give it to God. And you watch what God will do for you. Can I have an amen? I'd say to my children, search God's word, seek God's will. I'd say share God's wrath, uh, share God's wealth. I'd say in verse number 11 and verse number 12, sense God's warnings. When you disobey God, when you rebel against God, and by the way, we all do. We all do. Look back over 2023. How many times have you went one way and God went the other way? There ain't a one of us in here that's perfect. I know we like to come to church and put on airs. We like to kind of get everybody to look at us like we're somebody. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. Hey, one of us in here worth shooting, spiritually speaking. Can I have an amen? And when God steps in, look at verse 11. I'd say this since God's warnings. Look at verse 11. My son, my son despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father of the son in whom he delighteth. When you sin, get it right. 
when you disobey, don't make God have to step in and get your attention. When you sin, hey, children, when you sin, get it right with God. Don't, don't let it drag on. Keep short account on your sin. And last of all, I'd say this. I'd say seize God's wisdom. Look at verse number 13. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. You say, preacher, what is wisdom? I give you my definition and we're done. Wisdom is seeing things from God's viewpoint. That's what wisdom is. Looking at, thing through, looking at things through the lens of Scripture. Looking at things from God's perspective. Can I tell you something? You'll never mess up your life if you look at things from God's perspective. Can I have an amen? If you'll just judge things in the light of the Word of God, that's wisdom. That's discernment. Listen, hey, keep your eyes on Jesus. Love the Bible and judge things in the light of God's Word and you'll never mess up your life. Well, that's my last lecture. And it wasn't for you. It's for my children. But if we all listen to that, what a difference it'd make in our life. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father.